breaking news bitcoin is up more than 15 percent in just the last few hours uh it's less than two days like it's like 40 something hours as of time of this recording it's rolled back a little bit but it's still up overall in fact if i go in my ledger wallet in the last week it's up 19 in the last month it's up 29 percent. bitcoin is starting to rip and we're here to talk about why stephanie Hello. You know, I'm excited well, seeing this. Of course, I am always pro Bitcoin. We have been long yes. Bitcoin, but the reason why it's ripping, well, the reason why people are saying it's ripping right now is not exactly tied to Bitcoin. Nothing in Bitcoin has changed, but how you can purchase Bitcoin has changed. Tell them what it is, Stephanie. What's going on? Yep. So this has been in the news for a little while, but now soon, at least soon to come. There it will seems be imminent. Yeah, imminent close maybe by the time we release this it'll be out but there will be bitcoin etfs um what is an etf first of all i got the definition traded up. fund what is it albert <laughs> give me the definition of an exchange traded fund an exchange traded fund okay an exchange traded fund an etf is a type of pooled investment security that operates much like a mutual fund typically etfs will track a particular index like the s p 500 a sector like oil a commodity also like oil but like wheat or other assets. But unlike mutual funds, ETFs can be purchased or sold on a stock exchange the same way a regular stock can. So they're widely available to everybody. Everybody can trade it. So like a, a great example is the QQQ. It doesn't matter which brokerage you are in. You can trade QQQ, which is the NASDAQ index. It's supposed to be a blend of the stocks that com compromise uh, the comprise of the NASDAQ index. And they're going to create one and when I say they, talking about the biggest financial institutions in America, BlackRock, Fidelity, Vanguard, they're all going to open their own ETFs that follow the price of Bitcoin. And what it's going to hypothesize this is going to do is it's going to open uh, access, if you will, to a huge supermajority of people who maybe are reluctant or on the sidelines that they kind of want Bitcoin, but they don't know how to get a wallet. They don't know how to open a node. They don't know what private keys. They don't want to get on an exchange. They think Sam Bankman Freed is going to steal everything from them, even though he's about to go to jail for life. Um, this is an easier way for them to say, okay, I want to be part of Bitcoin. I want to trust and invest through Vanguard, through Fidelity, through Morgan Stanley, through BlackRock, wherever you invest with. I mean, it's a big deal. I think it's going to unlock a lot of cash on the bench into the industry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for people like me, I can be in a bubble where I'm like, why wouldn't you just go and buy crypto on your own? Just go to Coinbase, <laughs> buy the crypto, super low fees. You pay it once. Like when you go on Coinbase, you just pay one fee for right. however much you want. It's just like, okay, you buy that much money, you pay this fee. It's still very, very small. And so for an ETF, I mean, you're going to be paying a fee every single year. You don't Which notice I, it. It's baked into the yeah. management of the ETF. So yeah. uh, for anyone who's ever been on, I think most people who are even investing in ETFs now, like you probably won't notice it, but it comes out of the price of the ETF. Mm -hmm. And some of them do get higher. I mean, that was something that I've always looked into is, I mean, there's definitely low fee index funds or ETFs that, I mean, it's so nominal and because a lot of it is driven by computers. And then you've got other ones, especially when you start getting more into like, mutual fund landscape where the fees can get up to like 1%. I mean, they can add up. And that's something I learned about way early in my investing days of like picking things that have very low fees because it can add up eventually. So I think ETFs are great for that. And ETFs are great for getting you exposure to things if you're not trying to get into the nitty gritty. I mean, we see that, like you said, with an ETF that tracks the S&P 500. 
Like you don't want to go and invest in all of those. It's stocks really hard. And you, you, don't you need a lot of cash it. to buy yeah. one of everything. <laughs> yeah. And like you don't, you're going to be paying fees on every single stock. If you get into Disney, you pay a fee. You get out, you might pay a fee. And then you're having to rebalance your portfolio and trying to keep it stable. And so it is really hard. And so that's why ETFs are really nice because they're going to pull a bunch of assets together and then you just invest in that big asset and you're all of a sudden having exposure to 50, 100, 500 like stocks and companies. So I do think this is very interesting that Bitcoin is getting into this space as well, or that you know large investors are getting into this space. Um, and that is what is pushing up the prices right now. And they're going to be volatile. But I think when this goes through, I don't know how Bitcoin will not skyrocket because of this. I mean, because right now, if you think about how many people do you think have invested in crypto in general in the world? We could look this up. It's I still think it's very small. I saw a number of like how many wallets exist. But of course, one person can own more than one wallet. But um, right, I'm going to Google it right. Overall, I found Pew Research Center. 17% of U.S. adults, so just U.S., say they have invested in or traded cryptocurrency. That was back in 2022. So, Okay. Even if we say so 20%. I found, I found a thing on chain analysis. You ready? It yeah. says there are four, as of time this was written, 460 million Bitcoin wallets existed. Of course, okay. a person can own more than one. Okay. 400, of wait, what which was the number again? 460 million Bitcoin wallets exist. Okay. All right. Of which only 37% are what they consider economically relevant, meaning they're moving in adding or moving Bitcoin in any way. So that's only 170 million wallets. So even if you were to say um, each wallet is owned by just one person, which is not true because I have four. <laughs> but even if you were to say every wallet is owned by one person, there's only 170 million people on earth that have any amount of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Out that's of not a, lot. a world population of seven, eight, billion. 8 billion. So eight billion. maybe two to three percent of the population currently has invested or is owning cryptocurrency up until this point. So, I mean, imagine bringing it's in- nothing. I mean, that is, that's nothing. So I, how, can the, nothing. how can the price of Bitcoin not skyrocket when all of a sudden you're saying, okay, to the other 98% of the world population, now you have the ability to just go on a Vanguard or whatever. I don't know if Vanguard actually is one of these players. BlackRock. Well, it will be because if it's an ETF, it's it's available to any every brokerage house. Okay. Mutual funds can sometimes only mm. be sold through their brokerages, yeah. so they're not publicly traded. So like, for example, like certain Fidelity mutual funds, you have no access to them unless you own a Fidelity account. An ETF is gonna be available to everybody. Okay, so then all of a sudden now anyone with just one click can buy crypto through a trusted exchange that they have their other stocks on, their other ETFs on, they're used to that format. And it feels probably a lot more trusting than you know a crypto exchange where there's been so many news articles or things that pop up, whether they're true or not, about how you can lose things. You can lose your wallet, your keys, you can lose your login. It can just be an issue with you know so many different ways. Yeah. There's not customer service like there is on a Vanguard. You can't just call someone and be like, hey, I, I lost my key. I don't know where it went. I don't know what the number is. Or even trying to get your login. I mean, I've heard people lose their login information and trying to reset it. And because- Oh, you're two, done. You're done. You're done. That's like, you're it, done. <laughs> it's not like traditional investing. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a price that you can pay. So I, I do see this having huge opportunity for anyone who is, I mean, looking to get into crypto. I do think there will still be, I think it'll plummet coming towards the end of the year in like Q1, 
So I think there will still be a good buying opportunity. I mean, right now we're seeing it because of the news going up. But I still think something's coming. And I've heard a couple investors say, like, get ready to buy crypto and Bitcoin again in Q1 because for whatever reason, the market is saying that something might happen recession-wise in Q1, which I know we've, I mean, there's been a bunch of different investors maybe looking at this and talking about it for a while now, but maybe there will be another good buying opportunity before all of this actually goes live. Um, but either way, I still will always stay bullish on crypto. And I think that this is, and Bitcoin specifically, but I think this is a move that will help pull other people into and at least diversify their investments and uh, yeah, just think differently about what you can invest in. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm curious. For example, for other commodities, like let's use GLD. Uh, so my, it's a Spider Gold Trust. I was like, is that fund. gold? Yeah, it's gold, right? So okay. how many people trade actively in GLD versus actually own gold? I think more people probably. I, I mean, I don't have an actual figure on this, but I'm pretty confident more people trade GLD than actually own mm -hmm. any gold. And so that's what this does: is an ETF allows people who think they want an asset an easy way to gain access to it and sell it quickly. Like the reality is like gold, if you were to make a purchase, it's trading at $183 at the time of, of recording this. So if I were to say, uh, type in GLD in your brokerage account and put in 183.15, you would buy one share of GLD in a second. And then if you were to sell it, similarly, you would sell it in a fractional of a second. But if you actually had a bar of gold, selling that would be a lot harder. Like you have to find someone who wants gold. Like you'd have to go, I don't know how you would even go about doing selling physical gold. By the way, one of my friends has over um, um, 25 pounds of gold <laughs> in a UPS box in his house, Why? which is worth over a million dollars. And I was like, okay, what are you gonna, how do you, like, so let's say you want the million. How do you get it? How are you gonna get dollar for dollar what it's worth? Yeah, especially in a because hard Because I have a feeling time. when you bring it to a jeweler, yeah, when you bring it to a jeweler, they're going to discount you. They're yeah. Like, oh, it's 18, whatever, 1830 an ounce or whatever it's it's worth. It's like, I'll give you, you know, 1750 an ounce. It's like, yeah. who's going to give can, you the market value? I can barely even sell my old wedding ring at this point. <laughs> I'm like, if I can't sell this little thing for what it was worth, I thought silver went up. I thought diamonds went up. And here I am trying to freaking hustle a jeweler and be like, can you please buy this stupid piece of shit? Ring. Like, I don't want it. <laughs> and I can't even sell that. So I can't imagine you bringing all these gold bars and be like, you better give me a good price on this. Like, yeah, give me market price. Give me market price. No one is going to give you market hard. price. Like, when times are hard and people are like, I just want dollars or I want food or I want weapons. Yeah. I'm not buying your gold. So I, yeah, yeah. I still don't it, understand gold. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, in, in crisis time, people will buy. It's like, I don't think they're going to pay what you think they're going to pay. <laughs> yep. Yep. But, but that's the whole point is, an ETF is a super fast, highly liquid way of gaining access to a commodity without actually owning the commodity. Now, I'm with you. If if you're sitting there right now and you're, whether you're an entrepreneur or you have a pretty decent high-paying job and you're trying to figure out how do I invest cash the next, I don't know how old you are, 30, 40 years of your life, and you're considering the Bitcoin ETFs, of which one, who knows who will get uh, approved first, I would say go get Bitcoin directly. Like, I don't think you need, I, I I think people have a misconception of how easy it is to sell and acquire a Bitcoin because Bitcoin already behaves pretty much like an ETF. I mean, like yeah. the second well, I put a sell order in, it sells. Like it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah. ever wait for even two seconds. I think first, since we should never shit on anyone, first you look within and you say, am I responsible enough to okay, keep okay, my login, good point. Good point. keep my keys? 
And do I have a willingness maybe one day to put this in cold storage, like to get it off the exchange? I think those three things might be a good thing to check in with of like, am I willing to do the work to protect my asset? Am I willing to keep track of my key? Am I willing to keep track of my, you know, login? And am I willing to maybe one day shift it to cold storage, which is like kind of like a hardware wallet that you basically take it off Coinbase and you send it over to this wallet so that it's not just sitting on an exchange. That is what people recommend. Do we, so, do we need to explain the difference to, between an exchange yeah. and cold storage? Uh, maybe we should exchange and cold storage because we have a lot yeah, of yeah. people who listen to this and they, so, yeah. so, okay. The first thing is Bitcoin is, think of it as a giant Excel spreadsheet, right? And each, each column is your, is like, if you own a column, imagine the columns are wallets. Okay. So right now there's a 170 million of these. When Bitcoin moves from one wallet to another, everybody knows it's there. So there's when you when people say take it off the exchange, they're not saying take it off of like the protocol. Everyone knows the the wallet moved from column A to column B. Here's the difference: in an exchange like Coinbase, they manage your keys. So if someone was to break into your login or they were to break into Coinbase's database, they would know the passwords, they would know the secret keys. And they could move the money from A to anywhere else in the world they wanted. So when they when we say take it off the exchange, we're talking about moving it to another wallet where nobody owns the secret keys but you. And so that's what when Stephanie says take it off the exchange, she doesn't mean you actually you don't ever actually possess any Bitcoin. What you have is a code that allows you to move the Bitcoin that is currently listed in an account. That's what it is. And you're Each, taking it digitally off of there. That's kind of like you're taking it so it can't get hacked. I mean, if correct. you think about all the exchanges that had big issues, if correct. people so, were taking it off, it, it wouldn't have had issues. Correct. So Coinbase, Mount GOX used to manage all the keys for every account that was open there. And when you logged in with your username and password, it granted you permission to its key. When someone stole that key, they took all the money. Okay. So that's what Stephanie's talking about. When you own these keys, these keys are just passwords, just huge passwords, right? And uh, yes, you have to store it someplace where no one else can get it. But as long as no one else can get access to it, like it's not possible to steal it, basically. It's impossible to steal. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, if you, if those, at least two of those three steps, you're like, I'm a yes. I am responsible with my logins. And I am responsible with my keys. The getting and it off the exchange. Hide fine. information. <laughs> yeah. But like the third part, maybe you don't have to in the beginning. You can grow into that. But at least the first two, you need to keep track of your stuff. And then for that, I'm like, yeah, just buy it on Coinbase. And I, at least personally, would rather be supporting Coinbase and Brian Armstrong and like that space than I would maybe giving more money to the Black Rocks of the world, which I'm not against them either, but I'm like, they already make a lot of money. How much more do they need, man? They have a, I mean, I don't know. I think they're good. Like, I think they're good. And they're just trying to tap into this new potential, which is great. It'll open the doors to a lot of people, and they'll be paying fees every single month to those people. So if you don't want to do that, just go on Coinbase. But if you don't feel confident in yourself with those you know, responsibilities, then go to the ETF. Either way, I think it's a good thing. It'll open it up to the market. More people will be able to learn about it. Uh, the more education, the better. And just people will be able to test it in a way that feels less risky because I think there is a, I mean, I've still met people who think if I don't have $30,000 right now, I can't buy a Bitcoin. Like there's still that kind of thought. Yeah, I saw the price right. of $30,000. It's a I fraction. I can't get it. It's going to be and a it's fraction. Like, it's just like GLD. 
the ETF yeah. is priced to one one hundredth of the price of an ounce of gold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that'll help with that. Where if they're on, you know, their traditional investing fund or whatever, their login, their Vanguard, whatever, and they're like, oh, I can just put $100 in here and I can be a Bitcoin owner. It'll just open the space up. And then maybe they can start being like, well, maybe I'll just go to Coinbase and just <laughs> buy it and not pay a fee to just watch it. So a one-time fee versus a perpetuity management fee. That's the difference. Yep. So yes, you have to pay a fee to trade Bitcoin. That's like yep. the gas fees. That's the fees that the miners collect to keep it up and running. Yeah. But it's one time. Yep. Uh, oh, if you... I will say though, I am willing to pay a fee every single month if it is to someone who is rebalancing crypto assets in general. Like I no, think Titan. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm willing to that if you're sitting there. Okay, so I think Titan. Have you heard of Titan, that investing app? Mm -mm. Let me see. I'm trying to see what they're. While you're looking this up, I, I like to. I'm 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 old now. I'm a curmudgeon, as you know. The older I get, the older the more curmudgeonly I get, and I'm. I've done the assessment that Warren Buffett has a saying he likes to say, like, why don't more people listen to Warren Buffett? And he always says, because no one likes to get rich slow. And so I've personally accumulated enough egg where I'm done. I don't need to be risky anymore. I'm just going low and slow. Just steady like a turtle, baby. I'm just, I'm just this turtle. And if you take me off my path, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Because to me, where I want to go is inevitable. Low and slow. Yeah. Well, I think not everyone operates that way. Some yeah, people want a little bit. I mean, if I think about me, I, I do like to make bets, but then I also, I will pay to have someone helping manage something for me. If it means I don't have to constantly check in on it because I'm in the space where it's like, I might have extra buckets of money to invest in certain areas, but I don't want to sit there and keep thinking about rebalancing it or like this Titan. So Titan.com that's, I use them they have a cash vault. And in that cash vault, they will put money into T-bills for you, like into treasuries, which I can do that on my own. And I do sometimes, I will put it into a treasury bill. I will make that 5% interest. It'll be in there for, you know, six weeks or something. But it's also a hassle to go to treasurydirect.gov and do it in their process and stay on top of it. And like check back in and be like, huh, do I wanna do a four week investment with this treasury bill? Do I wanna do an eight week uh, treasury bill? I mean, right now it's better to do the short-term ones because it's an inverted curve, which means you're going to make more money in the short term. But thinking, it's more thinking that I have to do and it's keeping up with, okay, now that money's coming back in my account, do I want to reinvest it or not or not? And so I, I do like certain solutions like this if they can kind of keep the reallocations for you where I mean, they have a whole managed investing one where it's like stocks, real estate, uh, crypto, venture capital, and credit. And you go on and you put percentages where you're like, okay, I want... 80% to be these kind of stocks. I want 10% to be in crypto. I want 10% to be in real estate. And they're investing on your behalf based off your percentages. So I do think things like this can be interesting. I mean, it's in a way kind of similar to an ETF where they're choosing for you. Um, so all that to say with a crypto ETF, that's what would interest me. If it's someone who's staying on top of crypto news every single day and they're making changes and say, okay, now I want this crypto ETF to be 80% Bitcoin and maybe I want 10% of it to be Ethereum. And then the other 5%, I'm going to bet on like some other things. That would interest me because it feels like someone is thinking on my behalf. And then I wouldn't mind paying, you know, a very small fee for someone to be thinking on my behalf. I have zero interest in that. 
I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna be the grumpy old man and subscribe to the Jack Bogle theory. The great majority of hedge funds who are supposedly experts in this do not beat the S and P 500. So why not just invest in the index? So that's how Jack Bogle and these index funds rose to the top because you really are betting that they have the answer. Now you could be right because you could be like, uh, if you're familiar with Renaissance Technologies, it's a quant trading hedge fund that well overperformed the market for many many years like by far the the best um they had the answer like they like renaissance jim simons had the answer renaissance has since not done it but like they did it for more than 30 years or something like that like they they crushed it um so you could i don't is titan the next renaissance technologies um, i mean who knows <laughs> it's something interesting to try if yeah you want more exposure or if you're like albert don't so I'll just say, I do think this is interesting news. I do think Bitcoin will continue to increase in price. I think there are still opportunities in this space. And this is not financial or investing advice. We don't know what we're talking about. We're just looking <laughs> at the news and having personal opinions here. So don't rely on anything that we're saying because it's all opinions. Uh, but I and, do think it's an exciting and time. And if you are, and if Titan is the next Renaissance technology, yo, holler at your boy. Big Al will be putting money in. Hopefully it doesn't have a cap like hedge funds do of like whatever. Wait, you're putting money in a Titan now? I mean, I will if it, uh, <laughs> it starts getting wow. a track record. <laughs> I don't know. Check it out and tell me. Because it has been done before. Like, that's what I was saying. When I was referencing it, it's mm -hmm. like his, history will say that most people cannot beat the market. So like to me, like yeah. dollar cost averaging Bitcoin probably feels the right play since I don't think I know more. But history has also said there are outliers in the quant trading world that have built formulas that are way better than everybody else. And so... Is Titan one of those things? I don't know, right? Odds are it's not just because they're just pure numbers. But if it is, it will be by far superior to everybody else. And so that's, you know, and so I was like, that's how I'm, I'm a second mover kind of guy. I'm not going to try anything. It's got to be been proven. out for a while. Once it's yeah, proven, then I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Well, you check them out. Let me know if you end up putting any money in there, what you think. I mean, they have been out for a while, but I haven't stayed on top of them. So I don't really know how they're doing. So let me know. Okay. If you like this episode, please hit that subscribe button. Every time you don't, I unfortunately um, will kill a flower. And every time you do, Lacey Peace gets to continue working here. We love our producer. She's a lovely lady. She has a beautiful child named Killian. And she needs she needs she she loves working with us too. So we need subs. Keep the subs going, or I'm going out and I'm killing dandelions. It, they're done. They're done. They're done. I'm just gonna run a muck. There you have it. Okay, go hit subscribe. We'll see y'all next time.